fans welcome to a uh, special emergency edition of shy lounge i am the sensational one uh shinblade i am joined with my co-host the uh all red uh mika villas let me if i'm correct here oh i'm usually all red but right now it's all about me and all about us being black Okay, and that brings us to this episode. Uh, this episode is uh, going to be a bit graphic in the language department because it's a very serious topic uh, coming off of uh, recent events uh, right after Labor, Labor Memorial uh, Day weekend um, involving an unnecessary murder, unnecessary murder, an unjust murder by unjust people. And it brought me a lot to uh, put this episode together because I was feeling some type of way over the weekend uh, regarding all these events, even though this was about a week ago, because it was a lot more things that surrounded this um, unfortunate situation and a lot of things that followed that were also unnecessary. And I want to break down a couple things about what's going on apart from the bigger picture. On Monday, May 25th, 2020, a black man by the name of George Floyd had been killed in Minneapolis, was murdered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. in my opinion, by four officers, even though physically it was one. He was killed because he was choking on a knee to the back of the neck on the ground for eight, nine minutes by a cop. And for those who don't know the story behind that, this man was at a store and was suspected of having counterfeit money. So, in turn, they called the cops, since counterfeiting is a crime. And he was, he was uh, unjustly mishandled to the point where he was on the ground with a knee to the back of his neck and choked for eight, nine minutes in unnecessary fashion. And in and in officer protocol for many years, there's a move that you don't do called the chokehold. And I can say this was an updated chokehold move. Only involved knees. Pressure knees. The, the, the man had pressure 
on his neck from behind on his windpipe on his breathing he could not breathe he called out and said he could not breathe this incident was recorded there were bystanders there people who were yelling and screaming at the cop to remove himself um as george floyd was again on the ground he was handcuffed so he was subdued this officer did not remove his knee from the gentleman's neck causing him to die die not pass away die and again this was something that was being recorded that people we've seen now the video is out there readily available but um his family his friends his his son his daughter I'm not sure if the little girl has seen the video. I'm hoping that everything that she has not. But the world, pretty much, has seen this video. And um, the ramifications of this actions of these four cops. The one who was directly responsible and those other three who aided and embedded this um, Derek Shaven. This man who literally, for whatever hate he has in his heart executed a black man in the middle of America the land of the free and home of the brave quote unquote um, and one of its citizens in broad daylight in front of the world executed a citizen and not only that happened but the process of the of prosecuting capturing arresting these officers has been very slow snail slow they have killed this man three officers eight in a bedding one did actually did the work fired that afternoon and it took days to arrest them just charged one of them I think and I think they charged the other three this afternoon It took too long to process a murder. And that's why if you are paying attention, and this is happening all around the world, if you're paying attention to the news and to social media, there are unrest, greater, greater, greater forms of unrest. To the point where Minneapolis was burnt down within a day because no justice was served after he was murdered. It's to the point now where other cities, Atlanta, Baltimore, New York, Salt Lake City, LA, and more are at unrest with rallies. It's to the point where all over the world the name George Floyd and police brutality are top trends right now. They are protesting in Germany. They are protesting in France, in Spain, all over New Zealand. They even dedicated a haka, a traditional war dance for George Floyd and police brutality. 
Then there's also a trend that's going around. And it's met with so much criticism in a very, very wrong way. Black Lives Matter. Why is it controversial? Because people respond, people who do not understand, people who are perhaps racist or closet racist respond with, in the, not only do black lives matter, all lives matter, as they use it to... Or black lives don't matter. Yeah, that, as they use it to just throw negative connotations at um, people of color, people who are black, saying that black lives matter is to bring awareness and to have people understand or try to understand what it is like to be black in America. And it's gotten worse via social media. While people are protesting, there are also riots that come along with it from the resistance, from the officers that want to push back. I don't know why there's a pushback from the officers because there should be none. Minneapolis burnt down. And I understand. Because we are tired. We are tired of being killed. Whether it be on camera. Whether it be off camera. Whether it be a desk job for the officer. For the offending officer. Whether it be suspended with pay. Or whether it be a relocation to another precinct. Or a resignation letter. Which is forced. We are tired. And it's getting to a point where our Caucasian friends, brothers and sisters are tired too. Our Latino brothers and sisters are tired too. Our Asian brothers and sisters are tired too. I can go on and on and on and on. Good black people and their allies, we're tired. Plain and simple, we're tired. We're tired of being treated as less than human. We're tired of watching um, our sons, our daughters, our aunts, our uncles, our parents being shot and killed, not just in the streets. For nonviolent offenses. Homes. You can't even be in your house watching TV. Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. Amber Geiger. I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. But she kicked in the door and shot a man on the couch while he was eating ice cream. Because she was intoxicated and thought it was her house. Supposedly. Supposedly. And she got punishment too. Not to the point where we want it. Philando Castile shot in the, in the passenger side of a car. Non threatening to an officer. Where he looked like he was about to draw a gun. 
Trayvon Martin. Teenager. Walking to his father's house with candy and drinks. Eric Garner selling Lucy's in front of a store. He also said, I couldn't breathe. It took three or four officers to kill him. A nonviolent offense, not even threatening to people, not even threatening to officers. Not threatening to people or property. Can we talk to you? And they just killed him. Chokehold. New York did not do anything to those officers until now. Five years after the fact. See, I can go on and on and on of the many names of black people being killed. I think Breonna Taylor mm -hmm. ran up in her house, shot her while she was sleeping. And her boyfriend got charged with murder. And they just released him without charge. But you know what? He still won't he still won't forget. Not at all. Being arraigned. Because his girlfriend got shot in front of his face. No domestic dispute. Just kicked in the door and shot him. All mad Albury. Not a cop shooting, but shot on film. In Georgia. And people see it like, oh, well, they should have did this. Should've they should have did that. They should have complied. They did. They complied non-violently and got killed. And this is why we are tired. I don't know how one could get pulled over for a supposed broken taillight or run a stop sign or a red light and just get shot because they look threatening. I, in my personal life, have been accosted by police. I had a gun drawn at me getting off of work when I worked the late shift. Just because I'm six feet, 200 pounds, and I fit the description of somebody who robbed a 7-Eleven. Where in reality, 7-Eleven don't hold more than $50 in their register. It says so on the sign of the door. Look at any, look at any 7-Eleven. You don't go far with $50. So I understand when people are tired, when people are hurt. They lash off. That's what we're seeing right now in the streets all over USA. The anger, the tired. People are lashing out. People are turning peaceful protests into full-blown riots. To the point of still being unheard. This stuff translates to social media. They see the buildings burning, the precinct, I think the precinct of where the officers are from, 
or working out of. And they see that. And people say they are animals. They are thugs. Well, what do you expect to do when your loved ones are killed and you don't get a dime of justice? And they sweep your dead loved one under the rug like it's nothing. Because we're supposed to be so desensitized to the fact of the matter. This happens every day, all day. Just roll with it. Just go with it. So that's why I wanted to pull this episode up. Because... I, too, am tired. I don't speak for Mika Villas, but I'm guessing that she is tired. Yep. It got to the point where over the weekend, my body was so exhausted, I could barely walk. And I'm not saying that for a pity party. I'm saying that because it was true. My equilibrium was off. You were literally sick from the happenings of the world. Whoa, whoa, what? That was part of it. The other part was the online part of it. Part of this situation. And a lot of people are going to come out in there and say, oh, you can just log off. Let me tell you something. It exists online just as much as it exists in real life. It's just the circles that you are in. So it's easier to walk down the street in real life, if you live in a certain neighborhood and people don't voice their views randomly to you compared to seeing it online. We damn near saw the same situation in New York City. Christian Cooper, a bird watcher. I can laugh and make jokes about a black man being a bird watcher, but this ain't time to do it. He, on video, caught a woman supposedly walking her dog without a leash. He went over to the woman and said, Ma'am, I think you need to collar your dog, to leash up your dog. Hmm. Amy Cooper went full Karen on him. Super Karen. Get that moment. Super Saiyan Karen, excuse me. Hmm. She went from angry Karen to frightened Karen. 3.9 seconds the words were can you stop recording me can you stop recording me usually you know to an African American man is threatening my life way out of right field and way a lie you know whose life was really threatened African American the damn dog Mm -hmm. Physically. And Cooper's life was threatened too. I'm not throwing him under the road for that either. Because she held the dog by the collar. And just like the trend that's been going on for the last three, four, five years or whatever of Caucasian people calling the police because this black guy or African American was doing something that normal people do. Could have got him killed. But he had the video. He complied with everything and said, this is what happened. And you know what happened? She lost everything. Mm -hmm. She lost 
her job, high paying job at a bank, corporation, someone, whatever. She lost a dog. She lost her fucking mind. And as usual with racists, they come out with a statement saying, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I didn't grow up to be this way. I was scared. What if Christian Cooper was shot despite what that video showed? What are you going to say now? I'm sorry. It's not going to quite work. It's not going to work. So anyway, I felt some type of way over the weekend that online people were standing and saying how much animals that these people in Minneapolis, Atlanta, um, what was it, New York, and L.A., for protesting. But weeks ago, white people were protesting holding guns. And they walked up to the government buildings, strapped, protesting, saying, open our state up due to the pandemic that's still going on. No social distancing whatsoever. And a few people were diagnosed with COVID-19. But guess what, Meek? Those people aren't. They weren't met with cops. Mm -hmm. These people peacefully protesting, they got the SWAT team. But I didn't even ask you how did you feel out of all this as far as physically and with your interactions. Physically, I'm, I'm made of some... Um different kind of stuff it's the mental for me because it is exhausting to go through and reply to and try to teach people um how to be just good people how to call out people who are just not being right or, uh, and making sure that i hold them accountable when they ask me you know going to have chips like no i'm accountable you know i'm sorry people are accountable for their <laughs> actions and people are accountable for their words and so it's been exhausting because not only do i have to worry about myself and others with you know black skin but now i have to educate and take note of those who don't care at all and that's just in itself a whole lot so in other words Mika did a lot better than me mm -hmm. because it got to the point where online our friends mostly in wrestling and in life were hashtagging black lives matter they saw the video they were disgusted they were coming out and saying that man should have not died they were coming out in DMs saying, we stand with you. Mm. They were coming out in comments saying, we stand with you. We love you. And on the other side of things, 
All lives matter. All lives matter. All lives matter, but all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Right now, black lives do not matter. Black lives are in extreme danger as they are getting snuffed out in a ratio of about three to one. Now, on top of that, there were people putting their racism on on the table. Oh, full racism on display. Where one person said, I hope these protesters get the nigger virus. Yeah. Blatant racism, blatant ignorance, just with almost no regard for the repercussions that were surely going to follow them. I was going back and forth with a lot of people on social media. I don't even know what what is what was it in me to do so. My friends post how sympathetic they are of the killings. They're doing Blackout Tuesdays. They're doing Black Lives Matter. Some some people even have the shirts walking around saying Black Lives Matter. You know what? All lives matter. You know what? Black Lives Matter and your uh, all lives matter and you're racist for saying Black Lives Matter. I'm not racist for saying Black Lives Matter. You're you're a dick for saying All Lives Matter. Right. Um, because you don't recognize. Oh, I don't see color. Really? Then you are. Who do you see problem. in the courtroom? You're part of the problem. And if you don't see color, you're part of the problem, not the solution. Because color is what is at the the basis of this color it is what is helping or signifying for these police that they can get away with these heinous crimes and acts of aggression that they are committing color is the key here if you are of a light color aka white you're fine but if you're my color or anybody on the spectrum of being black then you are in clear and present, always present danger. It is something that we grew up with. It is something that we know. It is something that we unfortunately are teaching our, our kids, these next generations, that they need to be careful. They need to watch out for how they portray themselves because they could die at any given moment at the hands of a police officer. And to, and, and to put more onto that, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering right now. Um, to put more, more onto that, it's frustrating as hell yep. to talk to these people. Ever talk to a brick wall and expect it to not be a solid brick wall? That's what it's like. James, I'm, I'm paraphrasing when I say this. James Baldwin said, to be black and to be in America is living with rage all the time. James Baldwin's a smart man because that's a summary and in great form of what it is like. It's true. I have watched I Am Not Your Negro three times this weekend just to feel it, just to memorize it. Because I was so upset to find these people chanting All Lives Matter, calling me racist, and some of them still willing to have dinner with me, if ever. And tell me how much I'm wrong for saying black lives matter. Have you ever looked at my skin lately? 
Have you ever felt what I had to go through on an everyday basis? Walking out the door? No, they haven't. And that's where the problem is. They don't realize or care to realize or even attempt to put themselves in the shoes of somebody else black. And until that happens, they will not they will not understand and it'll be stuck in their little all lives matter categories. Not to push anybody to the side, not to put myself out there as the only one, but I am six feet two hundred pounds. I fit the description of any black guy. All black guys. Pretty much. That's a racist statement, but you know what? It's also pretty much true according to the police. It's, it's, it's been true. It will always be true. It'll continue to be true. Um, and, and the stereotypes will continue to go unless we change the world. The world is watching. The world's on fire. The world's upset. And it is up to those in power here in what is supposed to be the greatest country in the world to recognize there is a problem, to recognize there is a disparity in the way that the police treat people of color, to recognize and to help lay down laws, legislation to help alleviate what is happening in the black community where we're not making it home at all not due to any choice of our own it's due to the fact that we're getting killed left right up and down and that nobody is got the balls to stop us to stop the inhumanity to stand up and to challenge the people who work supposedly for us to stop working against us and it gets to the point now where I may sound like a conspiracy theorist, Mika, but I said this yesterday um, that we are in, in, a, in a mental state. We are in a battlefield. This is war. It is war. We're fighting the system. We're fighting the All Lives Matter group. We even fighting the radicals who's trying to fuck up the peaceful protests. We're fighting ourselves. We're fighting those people who are using this as an opportunity to exploit, to loot, to damage. There may be some anger there in those folks, but for the most part, a lot of them are taking advantage of a serious situation and taking away from what is the matter at heart here. So much to the point that people are commenting and upset more so about the athlete and his you know, work out, then, then like, oh, the other guy, the black guy, they just killed. People are, you know, desensitized and not tuned in to the fact that here's why people are mad. Here's what is happening in the world, and here's how you can help to stop it. Okay, getting back to what I said, mental mental battlefield that we're saying that it, it gets into, it's getting to the point where. And I, and I don't want I don't want to be very vicious or blunt when I say this to listeners who like like Shinblade, who like Mika Villas, who like Shadowlands, but white people, mm. your black friends are exhausted. Mm. Preach, we are. It's getting to the point where we are falling, we are faltering mentally and physically. Mentally and physically, I faltered the last couple of days. I could not even enjoy them. 
70, 80 degree days in Baltimore, Maryland. I could go out and take a walk. Social distance. I can't even do that without feeling some type of exhaustion. Sleeping more than I'm supposed to. It got to the point where this afternoon I had to call Mika and said, Mika, I need help. I am in rage. I am tired. I want to put this episode out here to show you how I feel. Because I'm more than a wrestling, wrestling and entertainment journalist or interviewer, as some people would put it. I see Mika more than that. That is not the reason why I wanted Mika to be with me. Pause. To, to contribute to the show. Mika is a lot more than what she puts out. I don't put out. Oh, wait. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. But it, it got to the point where in our circles, in entertainment and in wrestling and in the world, People came out with the most ugliest things to say about black people. To the point where there's people like Barrington Hughes, Black Thanos. Where it comes to uh, William Huckleby. Where it comes to... I can, mean, I can name many, many more. I can't right now off the top of my mind. But the fact is that they're, they're calling they're, out racist. They're hashtagging it. They're putting it out there and saying, these are the people in these positions who are racist. Showing those comments, posting screenshots, and letting and helping the rest of us basically go after these people. Be like, you're racist. You don't deserve to work for this company. This company is supposed to have ethics and values. And when showing your racist, homophobic, or tweets or whatever to the company, thankfully the company takes the high road and fires that person. And it's getting to the point now where there are promoters out there saying that if you are for the protests, if you are for uh, George Floyd, even if you speak it, online you would not be able to work here which is a load of hooey how dare somebody it's a load of shit how dare somebody say that your opinion and your thoughts don't matter you want to talk about desensitization i can't say that word but people are saying you know promoters are saying we're not going to book you you're not going to have a spot here based on the fact that you are supporting this this movement that you're saying justice for George Floyd. That is the most backwards, asinine thing ever, considering that in wrestling, yes, this is a white man's sport, but let's be honest, there are so many people of color in wrestling that you would not, off the surface, know that this is a white man's sport. So how dare somebody who's in charge uses privilege to try to silence the voice of the oppressed, in this case, African-American or black athletes, and telling them, like, you sit down and be quiet or else. From an independent contractor, which they pay you just for that night. It took people like Joey Ryan 
of bar wrestling to come out and say, you are welcome here if nobody don't want you here. It took GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, Brett Lauderdale, to have a statement like that too. And Danny Havoc just passed away. A deathmatch legend. So it got to the point where promotions had to come out and say something. We are for you. We will book you. Battle Club Pro, Joaquin Morales, has been very adamant in Battle Club Pro tweets. And in Facebook postings. And I've seen people trying to dog him and dog the company because of what he's putting out. Battle Club Pro is is mostly made out of people of color as far as the their, their performers. Yeah. Anthony Bowens, Tasha Steeles, uh, Proud and Powerful, uh, a.k.a. LAX when they were around. Darius Carter. I can name on and on and on because I like Battle Club Pro. I like what they do. And I applaud them for it. Because if they were against it, guess what? Battle Club Pro wouldn't be no more. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that because Joe Kim had to say it. I'm saying I'm saying for, for Joe Kim, and I don't know him personally, he feels that way. So there's a lot of promoters coming out there. And also there's a lot of trash bag wrestlers coming out. Saying it too that I have never even heard of. And you never will hear, hear of them. Other than the fact that we're going to call them out. And they're going to get run out of the business. The brotherhood of wrestling. While it may be shaky at times. You do not disrespect the brotherhood. Especially considering the heavy African American um content the performers a sheer number of them and for you to come out and say you know racist things or ask backwards things and expect that you're going to be on a show with somebody and them trust you with their lives no absolutely not them nor their white counterparts or other ethnic ethnic counterparts will trust you as a racist with their life because that's what they're doing if they step in the ring with you knowing your views absolutely not and it gets to a point now where um you know talking to black thanos and uh, a couple of other people and mostly with the collective of the person who are doing the racist post and all lives matter and black people this and black people that shouldn't be doing this you know, people want to say they're not welcome in the company anymore. Don't I'm not going to your company if you book them. And I'm a big fan of Huck. I'm a big fan of Huck and how he stands. Him and Selena Huckabee. Big fan of both of them. I don't even know if I met Selena before. You haven't. This is why. But, but it gets to the point now where some and, and some performers are saying, no, put them on the show. Put them against me. And I said to Black Thanos a.k.a. Barrington Hughes, I said that locker room is going to be real funny when wrestling shows come back after this pandemic. There's going to be a lot of receipts that's going to be checked in the ring. 
See, a it, lot of people get their ass whooped, pretty much. Yes. Extra. Extra. Wrestling hurts as it is. Before this tragedy, I watched videos of Mark Henry on Vlad TV. And people dismissing professional wrestling. After one of his videos, he talked about the many injuries that he had. And people saying wrestling's fake. And what I say to those people is, get in the ring. Not even wrestling, but running drills. And you will feel it. But I'm digressing. To the point now where people not realizing that the hate they put on online brings them to unemployment that they're going to end up the next day. Not the unemployment caused by the pandemic, the unemployment caused by your own racist views and words. And what's worse than being unemployed? Being unemployed during the pandemic. Being unemployed during the pandemic, being unemployed during the pandemic as a racist, because any job that you try to get, if they do a social media search, after you're fired from your other job due to your comments. Or even ask questions from their last, of, the, of their last um, employer. So, just like Amy Cooper, the uproar what happened in Central Park. Her company had to put out a statement on, I think it was Twitter. We terminate her contract. You know how humiliating that is? To be outed like that after being on video? Instead of saying, going to work and say, we need to talk to you. Can you come in the room? So, like I said, people can say, you can unplug, go take a walk. It is not that easy. In this subject matter. Because. I'm exhausted to the fact that. To the fact of. I have to break ties with certain people. I have to break ties with certain people. And I have to regroup. On a constant basis. So. I'm tired. It got to the point where I was almost about to tell Mika Villas, I give up. I'm quitting. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm so exhausted. And I want to take my ball and go home. And the fact is, you're not alone in that. You're not alone in your, in your feeling of being fed up, being angry, being exhausted. Every black man I've talked to since this George um, Floyd. I know his name. I know his name. No, I, I, I thought and you were stuttering. George, um, George's murder. Every black man has felt the exact same way. There has been that exhaustion because we are supposed to be in this place as a people where you know, segregation is ended. Slavery is ended. But... The hate hasn't. We're still hated. We're still treated as less than second class citizens. We're still treated as 
animals. We're still treated as non-human beings. And it's mentally draining to have that reality come staring you in the face as one of a person who could very well be you say I can't breathe and get murdered in front of the entire world. You know how popular this this uh, this situation is? I wouldn't say trend. You know how popular this situation is? Viacom Networks, just like, like MTV and Nickelodeon, are running eight-minute, nine-minute-long breaks of blank and silence. Because they are aware of it. They're aware. Nickelodeon. And the kids' network, Nickelodeon. For kids! They are they, they, they put up a graphic and held that graphic there for those nine minutes so that they could show their support. So that parents and children could have this conversation. This uncomfortable conversation that black parents have had to have with their kids for as long as we've been mm -hmm. alive before then. Uh, generations have had this conversation with their children um, since we've come to America or been forced to come to America and that's the ugly reality of racism that you have to teach your children what it is and in our case you have to teach your children what racism is explain to them that people are going to hate them for the color of their skin and treat them bad but also tell them that you have to be careful because your life is at risk because of the color of your skin and it's sad I have, I have had people like Casey Lennox being dogged because she's biracial I have people like Ivory Robin being dogged because she's in an interracial relationship. I mean, marriage. Because her husband is Caucasian. She's not black enough because she married a Caucasian man. What does that have to do with her? What does that have to do with anything other than the fact that love is love and that you should absolutely positively not subscribe to you know, I hate someone based on their skin color. Or they, based on who they with. Right. But again, this 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 woman and this man, they love each other. Not regardless. They love each other, period. It doesn't matter that he's black or she's white or white and black, vice versa. Love is supposed to be love. And that's... Interracial, interracial relationships are the perfect thing to look at and go, this is how we should be around this country. Where it does not matter what you look like as far as your skin tone goes. And it's we, who you are as a person. And we had that for eight years and people still didn't acknowledge, uh, dismiss that, that fact that he was biracial. Let's not get political. No, we're not. We're talking the same thing. So, these two women that I was mentioning of, this conversation, this terrible conversation I had to have against their trolls was a black man. Because they both are not, quote-unquote, whole black. 
there is even there is my theory um you've you've heard me say this before that there is a degree of racism a, a racist in everybody um in every person even black people that black people can be racist there is absolutely true because you are taught that there is a difference in your skin and your white counterpart skin just like white people are taught different things as they are growing up and not necessarily a full-out racist conversation where you should hate but you should treat different these people you should treat people who are um, of Hispanic background different because they are you know not of this country and they are only good for you know menial tasks cutting my grass and what have you you should teach people from Asian countries different they're you know not good for anything other than you know this that and the other uh, the racism that is taught um, it is up to the person to grow out of that as they get older and some people do not you know they're the black people who are racist against white people who hate every white person they were taught that they didn't come out of the womb hating they were taught that and whatever the the reason is they held on to that lesson and now they're lashing out and saying to fellow black people you're not black enough because of this you're not black enough because of that and that is that is like every aspect of racism that is ignorance whether you're white or black and you are using um skin color as a weapon against someone that is ignorance in its lowest form it's more, it, and that statement rings true. What you said, everybody has a degree of racism in them, whether it be a lot or a little. And what's more ignorant is that I have white friends on social media that are quick to point out uh, the 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 part of black people of being animals, of being looting, or doing other things that are heinous. Let me tell you something: white people do it too. It's just not as photographed as much. I have put down a, a post, I reposted on my personal Facebook of a lot of pictures of white people looting. And I asked, are these thugs or animals too? If not, F you. Because crime has no color. Crime is crime. No matter what shape or form. So we must learn that we need to bond together. Nobody in the United States is of pure nature anymore. It's been interracial relations since the beginning. Since slavery. And they refuse to acknowledge the babies that come out of it. Those babies didn't ask to be here, nor did they ask to be of that genetic makeup. But they are. And that's been going on for the last 400 years as well as slavery, as well as civil rights, as well as anything else. And Mika, there's another statement that I know is true. They hate us because they ain't us. 
they hate what they don't understand. They they, they fear what they don't understand and hate what they fear. They, they they can't understand us. They can't understand us because the color of their skin did not give them the same experience. It gave them a level of privilege that they can't even understand or acknowledge even when they're in the midst of wielding that same privilege. They think that we are wrong for our actions when in reality it is the police who are deadly wrong against uh, our people and their actions show that on a consistent basis. The system is broken and we all know it right now. The world knows it. And what I'm saying to people who want to protest it is in your constitutional right to protest peacefully all that looting and all that unnecessary part of rioting is not needed Baltimore has set the standard in peaceful protest one of the most dangerous cities in the world in the United States set that precedent which is amazing to me because I was so tired I got lifted up spiritually by a group of young black people who were going to a protest when I was making a walk a couple days ago and I looked at them with their Black Lives Matter sign and I told them, be careful out there. And you know what? They looked at me and said, no, no, we're not into that. We, we're just trying to go home after this. Right, right. I almost broke down inside. Because I had my quips about the younger generation. And to tell you the truth, I'm eating crow for what I say, even though part of it is true. Because they want to voice of change and go home. They do not want to be the anarchist to, to randomly have a pile of bricks next to the location and pelt at, officer, at riot officers at windows and loot and steal these people want to protest and go home that's why Baltimore is one of the few cities that has no curfew LA has a curfew DC has a curfew I think Atlanta has a curfew from what happened to what happened on a, uh, I think it was a Friday night or something yeah. what they were doing Atlanta it, curfew. it got it got mayor Keisha Lance bottoms T.I., rapper, and one half of Run the Jewels, Killer Mike, to get up there, who made a passionate speech and called the president a dumbass because he hid in a bunker. It didn't take COVID-19 for him to hide in a bunker. It took unrest and a broken system for him to hide in a bunker. That's, that's it. And I don't mean to get too much political in this here, but... This man could be reelected if he got on top of COVID-19 and helped eradicate it, hired the right people. If he got on top of the George Floyd tragedy, cleaned out the system of, of, of the fraternal order of police, cleaned out the hate, he'd be a shoo-in. Even though the neo-Nazi narrative is still there. He could have had it. And it's a shame. Because he hit like a little bitch. Mm. 
Barack Obama didn't hide. George W. Bush didn't hide. Bill Clinton didn't hide. I can list a long name of presidents before I was even ever born. They never hid. They went into the office or the war room or whatever and said, we need to do something. We need to talk to people. And for those who don't know, you know what this guy did? He hid under in a bunker for a bullshit reason, which I can't say right now because I lost it. And he came out and tear, they tear gassed people and maybe shot rubber bullets so he can stand in front of a church and take a picture and take a picture holding the Bible upside down. And I wondered to myself, why didn't he burn up? Morally, why didn't he morally burn up as they would say, spontaneously combusted? He held it up, and people said, That's our president. He knows what he's doing. If he knows what he's doing, then why was DC on fire a couple nights ago? DC's on fire because African Americans are under fire, that's why. I saw the aerial shot of DC. It looked like bombs were going off. The result of bombs going off. Hmm. The flames. There were movies that came out in the past number of years. Olympus has fallen. White House down. This is almost looking just like it. It is a sad reality that we're living in and people are laughing at us outside of the United States. They're not laughing at us. They're watching. They're watching to see what our leaders do. They're watching because, again, this is supposed to be the leader in the world of free, um, of freedom. And if your own citizens don't have freedom... How can you police the world when we have a habit of trying to police the world? How can you police the world when you can't police yourselves? When you can't have trust in those law uh, officers to protect, to serve everyone equally, justly, and to not kill anyone for the color of their skin. I made a personal Facebook uh, live video the other day. And I didn't hashtag nothing. I just I just went on a rant because I was tired. To my close friends, to my associates, to even some family members who ever watched. I didn't tell you this. There was a man from Norway that reached out. Wow. I do not know how that happened. He reached out to me and shared the video. He commented in the video, I love America, but I don't love America spelled with three Ks. There you go. That was at the point where I was about to give up because I was so tired. And a man from Norway, Oslo, Norway, came out and liked my video. We had conversations over the past couple of days. The world is watching. The world is in support. We need the world we live in. We need the people I'm, here to show the same kind of support. I'm just shocked that my Facebook page 
which I kind of I keep it personal. People from Norway and abroad who I'm not connected to watching. But then I found out he was connected to an actress that I know. And that's what happened. But still, that's neither here or there. Because I didn't hashtag anything. I didn't think nobody could see it. You didn't have to. But. When you're, when you're standing up for something in the midst of a crisis like this, people see you. And that made me want to do Facebook Live videos anymore. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do with Facebook Live videos. I'm not like other people when they do it where they get a lot of uh, fans and or fanfare. I do it because I want to reach out. Because I've been in trouble with Facebook for the last two weeks. Because the, the selective police that they're having up there. So I said, if I could say it in words... I'm not as threatening as uh, the community standards guidelines. But that's just me personally. But anyway, I want to get into a few things that rounds this topic. And when I mentioned promoters and wrestlers, there's a couple people, notable people in the world of professional wrestling that have popped off at the mouth and shown their true colors. About how they feel. And I'm going to start with an ex-wife of a WWE Hall of Famer. That put Afro-Americans out there as looters and thieves and thugs. On Twitter. Guess what happened? AEW CEO Tony Khan said, guess what? Just like your, hu your ex-husband, you're not invited to our shows. You can't come. That'd be Linda Hogan you're talking about. Linda Hogan put out a tweet saying that all Afro-Americans were basically bad people. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, this is Linda Hogan, wife of, or ex-wife of Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, who, of course, if you've heard the name, you know Hulk Hogan is brother with wrestling. He is wrestling as far as the 80s, 90s, maybe go. Well, Hulk Hogan used the N-word um, to describe the fact that he did not want his daughter with a black man. This is his wife at the time, Linda Hogan, who has now come out and said this. So clearly this racist attitude is not unknown. He got, let, he got uh, uh, sort of released when that tape came out. Hogan got erased from yeah. the WWE for a while. Um, and now he's back in good graces, but his ex-wife now, Linda, has opened her proverbial mouth and shown her true colors where, as any decent human would not have made that tweet. This is someone who is a racist, who believes wholeheartedly in what she said. She doubled down and said, basically, all black people are bad. Thanks, Linda. You are canceled. But also... I give Linda dubious credit because a lot of people are like this, but people, and she's an animal lover, people put animals over black people. There's no credit given. I said dubious. Not even dubious. We don't even say the word credit. Linda's an Distinction animal lover. Distinction or whatever. Or whatever she, she loves animals and clearly values animal, excuse me, animals more than a black person. And a lot of people of that nature as well. But I don't, and personally I will say this, I will say this personally as far as Hulk Hogan's concerned. When that tape came out, I didn't give him 
heat for that when he said that. Personally, I did. Publicly, I didn't. Because I was a leak tape by his best friend mm. trying to get him to sleep with his wife and sell it for money. It's not, it's not about the tape. It's about the sentiment. And, and, and yes, it was there. And I took it personally. And even when he came, quote unquote, came back to WWE, people like the New Day didn't even take him. Mm-hmm. And walked out. So, I did, I did that. Fuck the Bolea family. Hulk Hogan, Nick, Brooke, all of them. Take your privileged asses, go somewhere else. So, coming off of that, there was another person who is actually wrestling for WWE named Jackson Riker, a.k.a. Gunner, AKA from Chad TNA. Lyle. His real name is Chad Lyle. Jackson Riker, his WWE name of the Forgotten Sons, who right after Donald Trump's speech about militarizing police, he praised them. Boy, did that go over so well. Like a lead balloon. And almost everybody on the SmackDown side of things took him down, including Kevin Owens. A Canadian, a French Canadian, who took him down. A Canadian who read him. Um, read him like a book and slammed the cover shut. And I said that the Forgotten Sons will still be forgotten. My apologies to Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake. You know what they did? They made tweets saying Black Lives Matter beforehand. Before his tweet and said that I know I'm supposed to be a forgotten son on TV, but I am my own individual. That came from Steve Cutler. So we'll see what happens as far as television is concerned with them. Now, I want to go to somebody that Mika and myself had talked about last week, and I thought this subject would actually go away, but this person did the. the the double down, triple down, quadruple down, infinity down. <laughs> and we're talking about the most downloaded woman of 1996, 2011, disgraced Hall of Famer, Sonny, Tamara Sitch. That crackhead auntie who just needs to shut the hell up. Sonny has gone overboard with her her thoughts her keyboard as she continues to belittle and berate um black people by saying that she wouldn't sleep with that there was a rumor going around said she wouldn't sleep with him which rumors are rumors if you do not confirm or deny them what she did was she actually confirmed that rumor in so many ways and it got to the point where it got to the point where she puts out her only fans and says 20% discount just to prove that I'm not racist 20% discount to black people to prove that she's not racist you know what you, look look I'm gonna say it like this when you have to do a discount like that to prove that you're not racist you're pretty much racist when you have the balls on you to just continue to poke at black people and say things that are going to stir the pot 
So we got, I have a tweet right here that I put up. Um, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the video of the all my all lives matter crossbow guy that got beat up in uh, yes, Salt Lake City. He deserved every ounce of that ass whooping. <laughs> all lives matter, get his ass! And they jumped him. He said two black guys jumped him. And it was all uh, Caucasian people. So I, I found I found that to be hilarious. I'll, I'll put it up here somewhere. Somebody liked it. Um, but anyway, uh, many things happened with uh, Tamara Sitchmiku. She Not went. Enough. Not she, enough bad. She went after Jordan Grace, talking about a fat, ugly midget and Off impact wrestling. But basically, showing her true colors that. Sunny is a Sunny is a person who feels better when she brings other people down and the point of the problem is her many vices that she's had that has caused her um, you know pain over the years drugs alcohol or whatever her vice is she's looking to fill that vice now and she's not gonna get it from wrestling also she's trying those, to fill her hole too yeah that's the old statement. She's not. So, oh, here you go. If you have to push a discount to say you're not racist, then it shows that you're definitely racist. Your skin is white, mindset is green, and your soul is trash. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I definitely don't think many companies will ever consider you booking again. Look, here's an update. Three companies have already pulled out of booking her. As every company associated with her, including the WWE, at this point should practice social distancing and drop that zero. And I said it I said it fiercely. They should crisp and wire her like they did the last nine the uh nine years that they did before the network came out. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Erase the girl. And and it is sad man like like you said sucking dick is not a job. Mm -mm, not at all. Well then again wordplay blow job. But that it's neither here or there. So She's getting hers. She doubled down on her tweets, and as of this afternoon, and you checked it also, which we all couldn't, she closed up her Twitter. Wow. Ran away, huh? Protected tweets. I wonder why. Hmm. So who's running up like a little bitch? She and Trump should get together. Maybe, maybe he'll grab her by the, you know what. But... I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's been so funny to me. I even put up an Instagram post because um, my uh, because she talked about black men being more racist than white people when they were kneeling around the corner at uh, M&T Bake Stadium after the Ray Lewis debacle. And my man TD got into her. And he got blocked. And I, I always go by the, the saying that when people block you, that means they're running. You won when they block you. So, that's that's basically all I have, man. I mean, even Vinny DeGuido, and I'm going to be graphic when I say this because it's always Vinny DeGuido. Mm -hmm. He just posted, he's like, you mean you're going to talk about that racist cum guzzling twat waffle? And he's been doing that for years. 
about Tamara Sitch. Uh, calling her out on her BS. Good. Yeah, and I even said in that Instagram post that I wish Chris uh, Chris and Dita was still alive so he could put you in your place and he can have a legendary career. Because hmm. everybody miss him. And no, nobody wants you, Sonny, for real, except for old old guys with ugly wives jerking off to your OnlyFans. Throwing their life savings away. I I I I'm just I'm just done, man. Like people people do not learn on social media when to shut up. They don't. Keep keep your ignorant thoughts to yourself. TikTok videos, uh, challenges. There's a there's a George Floyd challenge going going around of kneeling on somebody's neck. They got a wrestling coach in Washington State fired because he threw the thumbs up while he was doing it and said, "This is how you're supposed to do it." Well, this is how you get fired. So either way, I want to thank you all for uh, listening. To me, vent, listening to Mika vent. I wish I had more. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had a two-hour taping of this that was scrapped due to technical difficulties. And I was very passionate in doing so. And I want to give a shout-out to one of my friends in the business, Timmy Luretton. We are here for you. I saw your video the other day. You still have a support system. And you need that right now in these trying times. You really do. And not only him. I say that to Savannah Evans. I say that to Tommy Thomas. I say that to Billy Brash. Caucasian guy, but I don't care. I say that to uh, Saviv El, El Sabah. Mm. I've never even met the guy yet. I say that to Trevor Eon. Who I talk to every now and then. I say that to the British Wolf. I say that to Hitman for Hire, Mr. Grimm. I say that to Amber Rodriguez. I say that to Ruthless Lala. Someone, someone who's clearly in the struggle, who understands the pain, and but is willing to talk to you and, and help you out however she can. I say that to Tasha Steeles. I say that to Kiara Hogan. I say that to Diamante. PB Smooth. PB Smooth. <laughs> Adriana Mosley. Faye Jackson. I say that to a lot of my brothers and sisters out there that are holding on during this pandemic. We can't see you. Because there's no shows around. Hmm. Congratulations to Tasha Steeles for being signed to Impact Wrestling. Damian Adams student. Along with Deanna Perrazzo. Which I don't think she's signed yet. Hmm. She should. Right. But even then, who knows? This corporate machine is dangling these, these great performers in front of us and then nothing so I say this to Brian Black I say this to Shane Fair I say this to a lot of people out there 
I say it to Adrian Armour. Fearless Musa. Murder One. Mm. Who I just connected with. Jason Cade. Serpentico. All this talent who support Black Lives. Big Swole. And there's other names that go on and on and on and on and on. Shaza McKenzie, who I talk to every now and then. Amber O'Neill, who I conversate on a monthly basis. Any others that, that are out there in the struggle besides uh, Big Thanos, Barrington Hughes. And also Will Huckleby, White Mike, and many others. I am here for you. Mika is here for you. Anybody who wants to talk, my emails are open. If you have my phone number, call me. Slide in and let it be heard. It sounded bad. <laughs> yes, it but did. Oh, <laughs> Easy there, buddy. Tracy Myers, Russell Kate, North Carolina. I hope there is a Russell Kate this year. I really do. It's a lot of fun coming down there. To the late Shad Gaspar. JTG. I, I know he is still feeling hurt. Chris Masters. A lot of people in the business. Prince Nana. Stevie Ray. Charmel Huffman. Ooh, old school. I seen their post. They're hurt. Mm -hmm. I am hurt. I need help. Everybody needs help. This is the time to help each other out. And if you don't want to help, make room for somebody who would. Gino Medina. MLW. Serena De La Renta. Wonderful talent. And you can talk about me all, all you want to about me naming those names. But they're all out there in the struggle. Their, life, their lives mean something too. To me, to Mika, and to others. Mm -hmm. They know what Black Lives Matter is. They know they're not excluded from the equation. And I'm getting real serious because I can't be cool anymore. I can't take this sitting down. My Zen is way off the scale. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to knuckle up against these races. Mm. And then what? That's the question. You knuckle up against them, you knock them out, you are you changing hearts and minds? That's what I'm doing. doing that on a spiritual and figurative nature. Cause physicality, I would be a thug and I would be an animal. Jamie Senegal. You are not alone. Eddie McQueen. Dalton McQueen. Hmm. I think I said that right. Yeah. You are not alone. We are ready to fight and we are ready to make tomorrow happen.
I, we are tired and exhausted. Mm-hmm. I may sound like a preacher right now, but I hope you can hear my words and I hope you can feel it. To my white friends out there that don't see it, I'm always here for you. I'm always here to tell it. Anybody who wants to say all lives matter, you deserve a good lesson in education, in history. Now I'll be always be here to tell it. I have told a few people how I feel. I have gotten them off that ledge. Now I've gotten them to respect even more. Because of their one-sided views. If you don't recognize color, we don't recognize you. Hmm. And that's a very painful thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's true. But it's liberating. We of all are one race one garden many flowers embrace our differences because we can't be the same you know we can't be the same and we have to be different to show that there are different ways we can live darnell mitchell a proudly black openly gay man podcaster comes from where I come from, different high schools. Brian H. Waters, Baltimore, Maryland, the wrestling realm, very hardworking man, family man. We talk on a weekly basis mm-hmm. because I enjoy what he has put up and he enjoys me too. Jim Aguliana. Been friends for years. I noticed her evolution. Mm. We, we try. We try. But it's having that open mind, I think, that really helps. Very good friend of mine. I notice a lot of people out there, even though they don't think I notice. I try to put so much information in me to the point where I know who did what, when, and where. And when they get signed, I can actually praise them in an organic style. Whether it be on ROH, whether it be on Impact, whether it be on WWE, whether it be AEW. My friend Clutch Adams made a mistake that he regrets now that he has done years ago he owned up to his apology and he recognized it he never did the I'm not racist he never did the boo-hooing he said I'm sorry I did it and I'm ready to rebuild I DM'd him cool 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 but social media doesn't forget And it's a a shit stain for him for 
for, for a couple of years now until the next couple of racists, the next couple of homophobes, next couple of transphobes that comes out that will eclipse him. I'm a forgiving person and I try to be so much. And I'm at my wit's end right now that I can't forgive anymore. I had to call Mika out of her day to join me at last moment because I was very weak and I was very tired. And I felt like I was going to be less of a podcaster if I didn't talk about this subject. I want a lot, the lot out there for you, the lot of you out there to know that I am here. The DMs that I get on my page, the emails that I get, the Instagram messages that I get, the comments that I get, the likes that I get, every single one counts. I don't do this for fame. I do it because I like it. Mm. I want to get up there with certain people like Alicia Toot, Chris Van Vliet. But I got to work even harder than them. I'm not accusing them of anything. But like Mika said, this is a white man's world in wrestling. Very few black people get on top. The Rock was the first WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And people still discount him because of his Samoan heritage. They don't count the blackness that he had, that he has. Kofi Kingston won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The first African to do so. You know what's actually funny? In closed black men's minds, The Rock is not black, and Kofi Kingston, which he is, actually African. There's never been a black champion. You know what I see? Two black champions. Period. So with all that being said, this I'm sorry to be not so cheerful, and I'm saying this out of frustration and out of somewhat anger. But I love you guys. Those who have supported me from day one to the to the ones who have supported me tomorrow, that start supporting me tomorrow. I love Mika Villas. Aww. Thank you. Love you too. I didn't know her from Salt in 2017. <laughs> Salt. That was a good movie. Okay, I remember. And we just hooked up instantly as far as networking. I didn't know Jeffrey Taylor either. And he just linked up like that and miss what he's doing. I miss him. I got to send him a message. And I got to tell him to put a shirt on there every now and then. So anyway, I'm going to get me some rest. Yeah. Mika. Get some mental rest too because that's important. We're in a, a time right now where mentally it's draining and straining on all of us. Yes, in the next episode, we can, uh, in a way, go back to normal and talk about wrestling news and who said what and what's going on and what uh, WWE is doing to hinder their talent. 
It happens. So, I'm not going to give any social media information out. You can see that in the notes. Right. But for the vivacious red Mika Villas. And black. And black. I am the exhausted, <laughs> tired, sensational one, Shinblade. And I want to say we need to support each other. Black lives matter. And when that is done, then all lives matter. I wish you well.